Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to Friday night. It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You know what time it is. It's time for the unfiltered experience with myself, Christopher Rausch, and the well-showered Scott Goyette. The well-showered Scott Goyette. Look at you, brother. You are looking like you're looking like you dressed to the nines, but uh, you guys have been going through some shit over there in Texas. Ha ha. What's going Chris, on? North Chris, I, I can say there's been three showers in my life that have been the best showers ever. Okay. The first shower, we climbed Machu Picchu. We did that five you know, day trek where you camp out and do whatever. You don't shower and you're just filthy. And we came down and we we're in Aguas Calientes. And I had the opportunity to take the best warm shower ever. The second one, we got stranded in this place in Colombia. And for two weeks, we had no showers. When we got back to Medellin, unbelievable. So the third place shower came about three hours ago. So we've been in Austin, Texas. Electricity has been out. Houses are not made for, you know, eight inches of snow and sub, you know, sub freezing temperatures. We had single digits for two days, freezing temperature for another three. So everyone's pipes are breaking. We still don't have water. I drove up north to um, my brother-in-law, took a shower. If you saw me a couple hours ago, I look like a mass, like a, like an ax murder, Chris. When I like my hair. <laughs> no, you look, you look reasonable. I'm t I should have done it just so we could have laughed. You would have been like, dude, you're all right. My hair is all like, I look, I look crazy. So I did this for, for our people. I went and I took a shower and I shaved and I came back and I got a drink. And this is pretty much the first time the, everything has been stable. All the power's back on. I don't think we have burst pipes. So I'm ready. I'm ready for this. You're ready to rock and roll. Ready to rock and roll? The unfiltered experience. Yeah, man. I mean, what you guys have gone through is, is literally unprecedented. I mean, when was the last time you guys had weather this, this, this experience? 30s, in the 30s. It's been like 90 years. So yeah, everything seems to be 100 year like craziness. Um, but it's never been like five days in a row. And again, the houses are not built to sustain this. The grid was built that if you have one crazy cold day, we're fine. Because that's historically what you'd see. You're never having five in a row where things freeze, you know, whether it's the turbines, whether it's the system up for natural gas to kick everything on. No one's expecting that. So you've got people who with zero supplies, no snow shovels, no warm clothes, no winter blankets, sitting with either multiple kids or elderly in homes, either dying or almost freezing to death. So it's insanely serious. You know, we can sit here and say, hey, people have it way worse in third world countries. And they do. But we're not used to that. And so. Right. Awesome opportunity for us to all wake up and realize how blessed we really are. And like we always talk about finding the opportunity and the problem, um, people died for this. So this is, you know, a, a real problem. But the beautiful thing is I really think a lot of people who don't travel don't make an effort to gain perspective by seeing those far less fortunate for one moment in time became less fortunate. And I think that's going to shift people's minds around. And these people are going to start talking to their friends and their friends. And we, I hate to say it, but lessons like we always talk about, Chris. Hey, you want to learn a lesson? Hey, you want to learn a lesson? Mm -hmm. Freight train, you want to learn a lesson? Full, I mean, sometimes it takes the freight train, and that's what this was for Texas. So, uh, does it suck? Absolutely. Is it going to make us better people and better ambassadors to kindness and good? Thousand percent. So, um, I'm seeing the blessing in it, and I'm remotely warm back here right now, and that's good. 
Nice, nice. I don't want your hair to turn to icicles or something like that. But you're, you know, you're right. I mean, we talk, we talk about that all the time. The fact that it's, it's a perspective of what we're grateful for. And oftentimes we look for the material objects outside of ourselves to bring us that, bring us that happiness, bring us that inner fulfillment. But the true gratitude is, and you've heard me say it even on the show. It's like, did you go to a, a, a room in your house today and turn a fucking silver lever and a hot water magically came out of the wall? You know, can you yeah. find something to be grateful for? It's pretty amazing. And now you just went through that. Like I told the story, my friend, uh, older gentleman wasn't taking his bowel movement seriously and wound up with an impacted bowel that tore and he had sepsis and wound up being in a colostomy bag. He's like, dude, I just, I just wish I could take a shit normal. It's and he crazy. was desperate about it. He's like, I fuck, I just, uh, you know, just the things that we, we take for granted, but, uh, at least you and I and everybody else are, uh, are advocates of making sure that we make a difference. I don't know if you saw the post I did, but there was a guy in Texas, I believe it was Dallas, who opened up his furniture store to let people come on in and stay warm and provided some meals and stuff like that. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. It's too bad that Joel Alstein and some of those other fucktards don't do that too. But Chris, hey, it's you. happening all over town. We have, there's a friend of mine who's a bar owner. Um, he's got his, he's right next door to, uh, it's called Safe Space. And um, what's, I'm blanking on his name. It's driving me crazy. It's an Irish name for a bar. Go there if you're in Austin. It's out. It, there used to be one downtown. Now it's out near Mueller, the Mueller area. Um, but he's a O'Malley's super nice or guy. O'Reilly's or O'Dilly's? It's like or... O'Reilly's or something like that, but it's not. It's BD something, something O'Reilly. Maybe it is BD O'Reilly's Pub. Um, bottom line is this gentleman was kind enough to open the whole place up. There was a place next door that had the pipes burst, and it's a safe house for people who have been in abusive domestic relationships. He's just one example. Everybody's doing it. Austin's totally coming together. And I want to I want to say one thing before we bring our guest on because I think it's important for people to realize I've traveled all over the whole world and put myself in very intentionally um, you know third world like desolate places where people are suffering and I go in and I feel it so I can bring that perspective back home when I'm talking to people say hey guys you don't know how well you know you guys are taking care of and how good you've got it. What I do realize is there's still a part of me that is just full of shit because what I'm doing is I know I'm coming home. There's something different with all the places I've sat in favelas in Brazil, some of the worst neighborhoods in, in the middle of Mexico City and other areas in Colombia. I've been all over doing this and I always know I'm leaving so I can get in it and become it and hug the people and love the people and give to the people. But I know I'm going home. When it's your own home that still doesn't have water and you're freezing and you're checking on your in-laws and your parents and friends are calling and people are saying that they have nothing and they're not sure what to do and their pipes burst, suddenly you're like, wait a minute, this is the real feeling. The real feeling is when my spider web of connections is all hurting and then I'm helpless. Not in the place of strength where I can go, here, have this. Hey, I've got some money. I'll buy you this. That's still bullshit. This was real. And this is the most beautiful thing that could have happened to me to wake me up. And I was already super grateful. Chris and I talk about it. There's no, you know, full transparency with both of us. But I love the fact that nature and the universe can one up me and say, you think you're grateful? Yeah. Try again. <laughs> Try again. So, yeah. So it's beautiful world. And again, we haven't turned on our water yet because it's still not on. So we might have burst pipes and maybe next Friday my smile's not as big. Um, I don't know, but I can say this much. We're all blessed. So, yes, yes, we are all blessed. And you mentioned something. You mentioned a word in there, freight train. 
Freight Train somewhat describes our guest tonight, Mr. Jason Cisneros. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Jason on Clubhouse. You guys have all heard me raving about Clubhouse and the fact that it's bringing people together and some really passionate conversations, very authentic uh, and fulfilling conversations. And I got a chance to meet Jason in, in various rooms and actually have a conversation with him. And Jason is that Freight Train. He is a, a total badass. Um, he's got a heart of gold, but he is uh, unapologetic in his approach to life and the series of events that he's been through. And so I'm excited to bring Mr. Jason Cisneros on mr badass himself what's going on jason change the world baby thanks for having me on guys um really interesting uh, uh lead up to the show so i'm glad you're you're doing good scott we've got some good friends down in texas uh, uh my girlfriend's family's down there and and you know we're ready to airdrop in and you know if anybody needs anything we're we're here so if in texas and you're watching this show and you need water or you need a place to stay or you need something um just reach out through my DMs or or through these guys, and we've got we're we're mobilizing some folks to be able to come and help you. Damn, check that out. Tell us more about it. that, man. Where, where, it's, is that something it's you not, normally do? I mean, we we help where we can, right? I mean, Misfit Nation. We talk that we joke about the fact that our kind of our our people are all misfits, and and we've got misfits around the, the world, and and if something happens or something needs to happen people's rent you know during covid the, they needed food that this community of people just sort of airdrops in and you know helps in domestic violence and trafficking and in crisis like this or hurricanes or whatever it is it's just a great group of people and you know it's not always um you know a bazillion dollars but you know a well-placed case of water and uh you know or a case of toilet paper or you know, food for a week or whatever, it's, you know, it makes a difference where we can. And that's what I love about Misfit Nation. That's what I love about this country. That's who we are at our DNA. So, yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And I'm sure you've seen this too, if you follow social media, but there's an organization called the Cajun Navy. And, you know, you've got Louisiana, you know, next to Texas. And there's always rivalries with things. But the minute, the minute there's a hurricane, the minute there's a flood, the minute there's a tornado, they come flying in. I mean, literally, and they're they're bringing their 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 water, their their ability to serve, to help. I mean, it's always something, and it's it's amazing. And I've seen so many GoFundMe's from people in town where they're like, "We're going to take this and do this to help these people." And right away, people react. And and that's whether it's even titled or not, the Misfit Nation. It's so beautiful because that's the DNA of what we are, and and we can become that again more fully. And I think that we need to chat about that tonight because because we need that more than ever. Hundred percent, totally agree Hell. with you. Hell yeah! So we got some people in the house already. What's up, Glenda? Right? Hey y'all, Glenda. Glenda's down in Georgia. I hope you're doing good down there. Uh, Christopher Kason, Kason. Hello, what's going on? Hey, it's Chris from uh, from Clubhouse. Good to see you, man. It's yeah. different seeing people. It's seeing <laughs> weird seeing people in different. Emoticons or whatever you're like used to seeing the one thing you're like, hey, look, there's Jason yeah. live. That that's my uh, that's my little brother there, Christopher Kaysen. He's uh, we call him the the uh, the autistic guru in our in our world. <laughs> so you you've known him you've known him since before Clubhouse or did you meet him on Clubhouse? As well? Oh yeah, no, we've been we've been. He's like literally like a little brother to me. So oh awesome, we've had fantastic. we've had some pretty cool conversations. Yeah, fantastic um, story in in yeah. and of himself. He's a great guy. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We just had a couple of conversations the other day. Glenda says that was a beautiful post, Chris. Yes, it was. I was just the one that posted it, but what that guy did in opening up his business for everybody was just massive. Um, 
Let's see. Larry Schneider says, hey, guys, what's going on? Eric Swanson in the house. You know Mr. Eric Swanson. He says, um, rock and roll. Yeah. Mr. And awesome. Mr. Awesome. Yeah, and he's all NDSO. No drama. Serve others. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. 100%. And as always, uh, we got some people watching already. Always, always engage with us. Ask us questions, especially our guest in uh, any any format that you would like uh, during this conversation. So, um, you know, and just thinking about that. What's up, Cat Dawn? She's Kat what's Dawn, up, Amelia? That's uh, that she runs an organization called the New Dawn for uh, domestic violence uh, survivors, and she's a she's a powerhouse in and of herself. So, love her. Awesome. What's up, Thank Kat? you. Thank you for being here, Kat. We appreciate everything that you're doing in the world to make it a better place. That's what Scott and I are all about is just, you know, just being a part of the solution, not part of the problem and just having candid conversations like we do here on this show and on Scott's show and on my other show. It's just all about raising that awareness and, and having those conversations. And my question to you, Jason, and just wanting to get to know you, we're going to go in a couple of different directions here tonight um, just to pick your brain on what it is that you've accomplished. But um, in thinking about Clubhouse, what are your real thoughts on Clubhouse? What did you go into the Clubhouse thinking and what has been like one of your biggest, you know, surprises in, in coming into that well i think uh you know i mean we all get in inundated you know it's like oh another social media platform right like <laughs> i think that everybody any, everybody that's even heard of clubhouse there that reaction has been like uh oh you know that was me i was the same way i was like know, i ain't gonna do more shit no another one right and twitter i was on and then i was off and then i'm like okay i'm not living in socialist uh, a socialist country where my voice is i'm like off of that platform and um you know so so what i thought of it and what it actually is much like a lot of things in life are two different things right and um but so i i jumped in um a good friend of mine tony rodriguez uh introduced me to the platform and um and and i just got in there and i started listening i was it was just more of a, a listening thing. And then people started recognizing me and bringing me up on stage and, and the, the, the genuineness uh, of the conversations was really mind blowing for a couple of reasons. One is that we are desperate for connecting. We're, we're a connection animal and this, the way that, that we have been taught to deal with this COVID situation, right or wrong, all the other stuff. It's, it, it has separated us. They put a mask on us to, you know, even when we are in proximity to each other, that it blocks off that humanity and that interaction. Um, and so I, I see Clubhouse as this place where it's being self-regulated conversations um, between people who were on Facebook and on Twitter shredding each other to pieces. Now, I haven't heard one conversation like and I've been in a, in a bunch. Of, I haven't heard one conversation about I hate Trump or I love Biden or I hate Biden or like it, mm -hmm. that has been in and of itself a blessing. You know what yeah. I mean? Not to have to deal with the tribalism. And and so people are in there and there's a subject and they're adding value according to their experience. So so there's this beautiful humanity side that I love about it. Um, and, and then there's the, 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 you know, I'm a, I'm a huge anti guru advocate, right? So there's a bunch of people out there that call themselves business gurus who do nothing more than try to rip people off and take their money and they don't really help them build their businesses. And then there's groups of them that end up on the same stages and they're, you know, and they kind of help, you know, put the audience to sleep and, 
you know, and they're getting <laughs> 5,000 bucks here and 10,000 and, oh, but I, you know, but, oh, this guy's my really good friend. You should trust him. And they're all just a bunch of hucksters, right? Which has made me unpopular on the speaker circuit. But, um, but, but I see those people still banding together now in this new platform and competence over time cannot be faked, right? So you get, you can fake somebody out by, you know, they're, oh, they make, they go to an event and there's five or six people or 10 people on stage or whatever it is. You can kind of fake people out there, but over time, your conversations and the value you're adding in Clubhouse um, is it, 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 you can, it, there's a built-in bullshit detector that eventually goes off, right? Yep. <laughs> so people, people filter themselves out and there, and there's really great advice on clubhouse. And that's usually the people that are talking the least, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, the people that are talking the most are talking the most because they're trying to convince you of something. Um, and you know, and, and trying to sell you something regardless of, of how it comes across, but overall in general, I didn't, I don't want to take too much time on this, but overall in general, uh, clubhouse has been a revolutionary experience that I have really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So it's something that you're not necessarily used to in, in your life and your surroundings. Kat says clubhouse is the most authentic social media platform I have ever experienced. I would, uh, I would tend to agree with that. And she says, uh, so far for me, Clubhouse is the platform for revolutionaries. Truly, truly agree. So I, I happen to know from your story a little bit, Jason. And the reason why I asked that question is I know that you have been through quite a bit in your life. So I asked that to frame it as, as, a, as a point of reference. Did you have that, that opportunity when you were growing up? Did you have people around that were open-minded and, uh, and opportunistic as far as helping you grow and, and seeding you into being the, the man you are today? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, my adopted father, you know, I mean, just for those of you that don't know the story, but my adopted father went to prison when I was 17 for attempted murder of me and my mom. I've been, I was started dealing drugs as soon as, from as soon as I can remember. He hated my guts. I never understood why until um, the day that he was sentenced, my mom took me to dinner and said, oh, by the way, he's not your real dad. Um, you know, my little brother uh, and I, uh, we broke the law. We, you know, I was a collector because I'd been gotten good at real, really, really good at fighting because I fought uh, a full grown adult stepping in front of him and, and beating my mom since I was about seven years old. And, um, you know, and so that environment taught like much. And the only reason I really tell the story is because anybody viewing or watching, we've got our own stories. And usually what we do as human beings is we do what we know. And what we know is, is our environment as we're being raised. And then we, at some point in time, wake up and make a choice to, to repeat those problems. Right. And, and for the most part, it's, it's the, the easiest thing for us to do is do what we know that comes easy and repeat that shit over and over and over and over again. Right. Um, but I had coaches, um, I had a fourth grade teacher um, you know, Miss Linda Ivy, who changed my life. I had a wrestling coach in Charlie White, who changed my life. I had a football coach in, in Daryl Holt that changed my life. And uh, after I got out, uh, Tim Foley, one of the, he was a guy that, that uh, played, he was the, uh, the only undefeated. Yeah, he was, he was the, the defensive back for the 17 and 0 Miami Dolphins, right? 
weird, weird connection to him. Um, you know, he fed into my life. Tony Robbins has been a mentor of mine. Um, you know, Jay Abraham, uh, Keith, Keith Cunningham, uh, who's the, the, the rich dad and the rich dad, poor dad books, right? It's, it, I feel sometimes like the Forrest Gump of business. I have had the most amazing opportunities from the most amazing people to, to look at somebody who would, who, who sh you shouldn't, you shouldn't have believed in me. You shouldn't have thought that I could do something more with my life. There's, there was no reason for that other than the charity and the hearts and the, the grace in the hearts of great men and women who have loved me through my, um, not knowing, right. My, I didn't know what I was capable of. I thought it, the whole entire world was out to get each other and, and you better fuck with somebody before they fuck with you. Right. And, and that was, that was my, my upbringing and man, this, this world of service and, and easing suffering and, and becoming as, 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 as good as you possibly can for, to be in service of other people. What a beautiful existence. You guys both know this, right? Like the, it's a beautiful existence and I, I, I will die serving others because what a what a beautiful way to go i want to live for a long time obviously i don't want the universe to take me but <laughs> but if i you know if i lay down my life for one of these little girls little boys that's being trafficked uh domestic violence uh, uh stepping in one of those situations or you know on a trip trying to feed kids that are dying every four seconds from starvation like uh, you know is what it is is what it is how do you feel about that scott uh, it's on point. Um, it's I, I think the minute and we talk about this all the time, Jason, the minute that we fall in love with ourselves enough to truly allow our heart and mind to fall into alignment and recognize that why that purpose and live it. So you're organically becoming your brilliance. You're shining that light you talk about. Then life is infinite. Like we know that we know we're spirits and we're living in this body for the moment. So we're going to be in service in this body. And to know that on your deathbed, you did everything to make this world a better place means you did it. So whatever it takes between now and I would call it the commencement to spirit once again, I'm all in, <laughs> you know, I'm all in. We, we talk about our coaching. I mean, I, I, I wish that more people would get to that space. And I love the fact that at the same time, you've recognized that you can love yourself enough to be in service to others. So so you're in love with yourself, but you're not. It's not an egoic thing. It's an overflow the cup thing. So you're recognizing the kids, you're recognizing your audience. You want to be compensated well for speaking and whatever, but you're not out giving a pitch. You're just out giving truth. And there's a difference. And we had Forbes Riley on here a few weeks ago talking about this, too, where everybody wants to go give their pitch like, Hey, do you know what Go Love Now does? And four easy steps, I can make sure that you're a better person and more connected to the universe. Like, like, listen, I mean, anybody can go give the marketing bullshit. Here's the truth. We've dimmed our, our, our lenses and we just got to wipe, wipe off some distortion. That's not a pitch. I don't care if you buy my shit or somebody else's, but that's a reality. The minute we start to see more clearly, be in service to other people and know that's life, that's living, you're already there. You're already there. That's presence. It's a, it's that it, it's, it really is that, that service that, that I think calls forth the, the masculine warrior in all of us. And, you know, we mm -hmm. live in a day and age and I don't care who gets pissed off at me, you know, that they call it toxic masculinity. I call it the absence of masculinity. 
you know, true masculinity wants to protect. It wants to, it would die for its woman. It would die for its child. It would die for its country. It would die for what's right. Um, and there's a lack of that because it's just been beat, you know, it's just be, been beat the shit out of people. Um, you know, don't, don't act like a man. What it, don't, you know, don't, don't do this. Don't do that. It's a, you know, the, the, the most masculine thing that I have ever witnessed in my entire life was a, a six foot seven giant human human that we do undercover work with standing oh. in the freezing cold, uh, guarding a car of a child that we had just found and basically blocking that car with his own life putting his own, you know, um, it was a, a child of color and he was a white man, you know, all of this crap that want, that everybody wants us to, to separate over and, and, um, you know, and separate from and to, to chunk us into this or that, or, or if you don't say the right word or call me the right thing, you know, this, this shit is selfish, man. And, and, and the most masculine thing that can be done is for us men to get the fuck off our asses and get to work in protection of these children of there's every 11 minutes there's a, a domestic violence occurrence that that and and the man that's involved in that is a giant pussy you know and 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 that and they're afraid like look i call that out to to get them pissed because i like at least when you're pissed you're going to be in your masculine we can have a conversation you want to throw down we'll throw down but at the end of the day, we're going to sit down and have a conversation that true masculinity would never hurt its woman. It would never hurt. And I'm not saying as a possession, I get, uh, you know, all kinds of hate mail every time I open my mouth, but I don't really care. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's about it being in service to our family, right? To, to the people that we're supposed to be in guard of instead of being pushed back and pushed away, you know, uh, men in our society right now have reached this place of fuck it. Right. And, and it, it's, it, you push, 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 push. And we're like, fuck it. I'm going to go play some video games. Right. Fuck it. I'm going to go to the bar. Fuck it. You know, you take care of the family. Right. It, that's what happens. We go, we retreat into our caves. We can't do that. We, uh, we, as men have to call men forward to serve um, because it's off balance when you have the woman warrior without the, the, the male warrior, the masculine warrior versus, uh, the feminine warrior, right? Because there's feminine and masculine in both, in both sexes. But, um, you know, so anyway, so I, 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 I'm saying all this to lead to the point that we have to do things differently. And, and we have to call forward the warrior inside of us to be able to stand against this tyrannical selfishness that is overwhelming our country. You know, when you can stand in front of, you know, a, a bazillion people and say, you have to call me this or I will be unhappy. Mm -hmm. Who gives a shit? I don't care. You know, at the end of the day, it's not about you. And if we continue this selfish, tyrannical uh, uh, march, it always ends in socialism, which always ends in death, which always kills the poor people, which always kills the people of color, that always kills the, 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 uh, the, the uh, um, you know, the, the homosexual uh, uh, arena. You know, this is the stuff that you're treading towards right now in our country. 
And, and we got to be very, very, very careful because the people that think they're protected are going to be the first ones that are destroyed. So wow. quick, quick question for you. Do you think that our real issue is socialism or weakness, or do you think it could just be very unhealthy communication that's manipulated from those who are literally controlling all of this? It, I, so I, your, your statement is so crystal clear, right? It, and, and true. The challenge is that we have forgotten that, that, you know, and, and I have a good friend, uh, Jimmy Rex, uh, he's a good buddy of mine. Anybody gets a chance to go look him up. He's a good friend of mine. He said, he, ha he says this phrase, we are the, they, right? True. We are the, they, there's no other. That we, the people are the ones there's millions and millions and millions of people out here that you have a radical right and you have a radical left and they all suck. They all suck. The, the people in the middle who are, you know, Christopher may believe one way, Scott, you may be, believe another. I, you know, I have different friends that believe different ways, but we have businesses to run, which are, that's a practical application of anti-racism, right? That's a practical application of anti-homosexualism. It's a practical application of anti-genderism, you know, and anybody that that tries to take advantage of any group of people should be handled <coughs> by us doing what we do, which is legislate against the immorality of unethical, uh, um, unethical uh, capitalism, which is what we are allowing. I mean, for crying out loud, amazon.com. I don't know why anybody shops there. You're, you're destroying your own community. You're destroying, you're, you're literally handing it over to a guy who's worth $86 billion himself, not the company he's worth $86 billion. You go back and you look at the people, the ethical capitalists that built the middle class in this country, like Henry Ford. What did they do? They said, we'll make more money. And in that making more money, we're going to pay the people who work with us and work for us so that they can afford the product that we have, that, that we have. And you built up this thing called the middle class and we have destroyed it. Right. You have destroyed it by allowing Amazon for ma matters of convenience or for a dollar. You go shot a dollar a thing and you don't go down somebody that sells socks in your own neighborhood that that causes the tax things and all all of the stuff. And now you see what they do. We don't like what you're saying. Kaklink, we're shutting you down. We'll shut down your business. We will destroy you by calling you names. We will call. We will take away your 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 uh, First Amendment rights. We will. We're gonna ha ha hammer down on your Second Amendment rights. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna cause all this division, and and that's because we've allowed a version of unethical capitalism that doesn't demand of the profits to be uh, to be equally shared amongst those that earn it. Okay. And, and Amazon right now, you, oh, I've got a job with Amazon. I'm getting paid, you know, a good $16 an hour. They have cameras watching all of your positions so that they can get rid of you because it wasn't enough to enslave millions of people in China or, or in Asia to, to pay them less money, right? To, to, to be able to reap in these ridiculous profits. Now what they want to do is they want a complete slave that will work, uh, you know, a robot that'll work around this, the, the, the clock, not take sick leave, not uh, have sexual harassment charges, not all of the things, right? And we're allowed, we're just handing it to people. 
So to answer your, your question, Scott, they, in other words, our representative government have been handed power by a, uh, a, a, a group of human beings called Americans that have abdicated our, our civic duty. And people forget that civic duty is the, the necessary part of civic duty is sacrifice. You have to sacrifice to give and serve your country. You know, you have to get away, go away from your business for a little while, set no laws against you, and then return back to private, private life. But we've got a permanent oligarchy in our government. We've got now we've got a, a, a oligarchy in our in our businesses. We got to take that shit back. And we do it one conversation at a time like this, realizing that if you're black, you are not my enemy. You are my brother. You are my sister. If you're gay, you're not my enemy. You are my brother. You're my sister. If you're white, you are my brother. You're my sister. That we by, by, uh, bind together around a constitution that says we are all equal in God's eyes and we must work together for us to be able to, to enhance and to advance uh, our, our ability to, to, to pursue happiness. Scott's thoughts on that? Back yeah, I, I got plenty of thoughts. Um, so, so what I'm hearing, cause you know, lots I, too, but... I, I teach, I'll, I'll go real quick. So what I'm, I'm hearing, cause you know, I teach business and I've got all these kids who leave college and they go out and they want to know what does socialism mean? What does capitalism mean? So your points about our capitalistic societies run amok and it's not working for us anymore. And that started with, we saw Walmart, we saw them going in and destroying small town America where they were literally killing the small business saying, hey, why are you guys doing this? Why is this happening? It's like you just did it. You went and employed yourself there, bought that cheap Chinese stuff and you created that. So we see what's happening there. One of the things that I don't want to go too far down this road, but this is why I mentioned communication, labeling socialism as something, you know, that's that's horrific that's just semantics with words. And I see too much of that. And I see the same thing with capitalism. People who say they have, have, hate capitalism, they hate what it's become in America. You don't hate capitalism. Adam Smith has defined it is you've got liberty to own your own property. Like we get that. So I'm sure that people are listening right now and they're hearing you sound like that guy or somebody else is like, you sound like that guy. Because once we start to speak, people start grouping us. How do we, this would be the question, how can we speak? And this was my point of communication to begin with Two two things. One, how do we educate the masses to not be in this slave mentality from worker all the way up to the CEO? That's one part. The second part is how do we start to communicate? And this is something I practice religiously, and I'm sure you do, too. And I know Chris does. How do we practice our speech? So. If I know I go into a certain room and say capitalism, everyone's going to go, Rrr. or if I know if I say socialism, Rrr. if I know it's like well, something's going to come up. So I'll walk in and be like, what if we have more protective blankets for those who are, I mean, I guess my point is one, educate the masses. How do we do that effectively so we can have an effective mindset shift to think critically and love one another Two, what can we do in this present moment? to shift our language so that we can speak to anybody and somehow be a bridge versus this destructive force every time we open our mouths? It's such a great question, brother. And, and I, I got to preface it with the, with the idea that I'm a blunt instrument. I'm a blunt instrument. Sure. And, and, and there are statesmen. I'm not a statesman. 
um, we need statesmen. Like, you know, the, what you're speaking of is, is more statesmanlike. I, I just, I know who I am and I'm not that person. What, what I do know is the family that I have and the connections that I have and the countries that, that we do jumps in, um, you know, to go, to go find these little girls, little boys. What I see with my own eyes is they could give two shits what they call it, right? It's starvation. You took the third most wealthy uh, uh, country in the world and destroyed it in a decade with the word socialism, right? Take from the rich, give to the to the uh, poor, uh, which was disguised in 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 these types of things, right? So so we have a country who is very they're very, we're very. Um, sensitive to the use of words, especially sure. right now. Right. And I'm the worst, Scott. I just want you to know, brother, that, that I want to be friends with you. I have friends that are statesmen. I have friends that, and I respect the hell out of people that are, are interested in how to communicate better and uh, to use the right words and to do those kind of things. I'm just, I'm not, I I'm, that's not how I'm built. And I pro and I have enemies because of it. Right. And, and the, the, and I don't care about being canceled because I made all my money. You can't cancel me anymore. There's, there's certain things like you don't, I don't care if anybody buys anything for me for the rest of my life. I'm good. Right. But, but there comes responsibility with ethical capitalism for the freedom that you acquire. You then show that freedom to other people, right? You reach back, you reach down, you reach aside, you reach over to show people that way. And the only way that I know is the people that loved me enough to face, uh, they loved me more than they needed my approval. Those are the people that changed my life. And they didn't use, they, they tremendously used language that hurt my feelings. Like, you know, now I've only got one feeling and it's buried under a mountain of unresolved issues. But, but it, it, when you have somebody that you respect, and they're telling you that you're doing something wrong or you're going in the wrong direction or you're making like, they, and they use those words like you're fucking up, Jason, you're doing like, and it, and it breaks, it breaks your heart. And then you have a decision as a human being. And we're, we're just abdicating for, for an entire generation, the necessary um, friction and sadness and breakpoints and dealing with language, we're we're abdicating that responsibility. And China, for instance, will not give a shit how you feel about what they call you when they invade this country, right? That Russia doesn't care, you know, if you use the wrong word. There's there's a di- we have we've swung the pendulum too far in in my opinion in conversation. Not that we don't need statesmen, we absolutely do. Um, but we also need a giant wake up call that everybody watching this or listening to this is, is responsible for the things that you don't like about your country. Right. Does that make sense, Scott? I, I, I hear you hundred percent. And I, I like where it's going because this is a beautiful contrast, you know, discussion because I hear you. And as somebody who's got a warrior mindset myself, um, mm-hmm. what you say makes perfect sense, but I'm also, visualizing some of my students that I could lose in a moment's notice if I don't manage them differently, which goes back to that education component. Because your argument would be they were treated so lightly that now they're kind of fucked. 
And I'm trying to figure out where is that medium? Because don't forget too, there's different archetypes and personalities. Chris yes. responded very well to, to just being beaten down. I, I love it. I mean, I literally, I dreamed of Bobby Knight being my basketball coach when he threw a chair at somebody. And I was like, I want somebody to throw a chair at me. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, this is very serious. Right. Like I, yeah. I go for a run and I'm in like a triathlon. You know what I say? I say, I have to do this, like this number or my whole family will be slaughtered. And I go into this thing, visualizing my family being slaughtered to make sure I achieve what I'm going to achieve. So I'm not all there. So I don't want to define me as everybody, but I see people that I'm like, I guess my point is, this is why that statesman like thing is coming up is there's somebody who can speak to everybody, but I really want to figure out, I don't think everyone has to be that warrior. I think everyone has to have, you know, be pushed to find their brilliance, but I'm not so sold that it, they have to be a warrior, you know? I, and I, I think- I could not agree with you more, brother. I could not agree with you more. There's, there's, you know, there's a lane for everybody. And, and really the, the warriors are, are, you know, it's always 0.2% of the population, right? So warriors are not, if there's too many warriors, you end up with war all the time. Sure. If there's, yep. You know, if there's too many statesmen, then nothing gets done. Like it's, you know, there's this happy balance and, and we're trying to destroy full chunks of human beings, right? Like I'm not even a conservative. And, and what I have seen, it's like you're chunking people that are called conservatives and you just want to destroy everything that they say by calling them racist, by calling them homophobic, by calling them and they're tired of it. Right. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a libertarian. Like I, I, the less you bother me, the greater this country is going to be, I, you know, and, and we are all left to our own devices until our toes step on each other. And then you need an outside arbiter. Right which is what the government is supposed to be. Um, but, but to your point, uh, uh, there are times of peace and there are times of conflict. And we don't realize that for the past several years, we are in a conflict that many of us don't realize is happening around us and could come crashing down around our ears at any point in time. And I think that this such a time as this, that men like us and women that are misfit nation that, you know, that, that women that care, it doesn't really matter. Like you said earlier, what their label is, uh, uh, um, families come together around loving each other. And, and the more demonstrating we can do that, that black and white and Hispanic and Asian and gay and straight and, and women and men, we can, we can love each other, um, in a way that that lifts humanity and, and we don't need an outside source dividing us and telling us that we need to hate each other so that they can be in control of us we're adults and we need to start acting like that is kind of like the 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 sirens call for what my point was scott i hear you chris I, i've been monopolizing what, what are your thoughts on that no, no, no. I, I, it's brilliant because I know, I know, Scott, you're more well versed in, in more of the laws and the things that go on in that nature. So I wanted, you to be able to, <laughs> well, I wanted you to speak to that a little bit. I mean, but no, I mean, that's the, that's the thing that we've been struggling with, actually, honestly, uh, Jason, is over this period of time, we, uh, we had a show, what do we call it? Uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. 
you know, something like that. It was like, okay, going through that, that bias, you know, do you, do you disown the people that disagree with you on politics? Do you disown the people that have mad disbeliefs about, you know, gender, uh, gender identity and things of that nature. And both Scott and I have had, you know, very open conversations here on the show and both private conversations about, you know, having that delineation that we love our fellow brothers and sisters, no matter what is really going on. But at some point you get this, you get this thing in your mind. Okay. I can't do it anymore. I can't have compassion or faith for that person anymore because they idealize or they actually somehow approve or condone of this, you know, this negative behavior that we're trying to fix in society. So I love what you guys are saying about the fact that we need to bridge that opportunity and see it from different spots and have conversations like this so that there isn't any misunderstandings. And to your point, Jason, on Clubhouse, that's one of the greatest things that I've seen is how do we extend that microcosm that's going on in there to conversations like this. I mean, that's something Scott and I, that's why we titled it the unfiltered experience. It's like, bring on your, your contra opinions. Let's have these conversations because we just watched a documentary last week. Uh, what the hell was that called? The Undivided Nation? Undivided Nation. Yeah, it was fantastic. Have you seen that, Jason? It's perfect. I, I haven't it. seen it. No. Go check it out. It's uh, We'll send you the link or we'll put the link in here. It's uh, it's like a quick hour on Netflix. Easy, easy watch. They take people who are, you know, I wouldn't even say hard right and hard left, just deeming themselves left or right. They put you together, they make you talk about stuff you don't want to and you walk away happy. That's kind of the bottom line, but it's fun to watch it play out because the person that you're gonna hate, you know, and, and I shouldn't say hate, it's the worst term. The person who's gonna trigger the heck out of you most and everyone's gonna have one, is gonna, you're gonna love them by the end. It's it's genius, geniusly played out because they they put characters that they're like, oh, this is gonna get this group mad and, and you'll have the person and it will, it will be your, your antithesis mirror, the mirror that goes, Okay, that's the shit I gotta work on. And then There's at the Karen. end, you're like, and yeah, at the end, you're gonna go, all right, fine. I'll, I'd like to have a beer with that person. Just shut up, and leave me alone. And you're kind of like, you know, being the little boy in your heart again, going, all right. So you did a good job in the movie. Leave me alone. You're almost like you grew, but your child came out of it because it it went into your emotions. So perfectly done, I think. I love that concept. And, you know, I've, I, I'm a simple guy. I do my best to have simple ideas that become, you know, cause again, you see it on, on Facebook or, or on clubhouse all the time. The person who is making the problem more complex is always the one that doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right there. Because, because the more you can confuse somebody about how hard it is to solve this problem, then the more you can charge for it. And, and I'm, I mean, I've, been, I've run and sold and, and numerous businesses, you know, thousands and thousands of employees, business is not that complex, right? It's not that complex. And yet people make it to be that complex so they can charge a whole bunch of money. Uh, but, but to your point is that one of the, the non-complex ideas that I've developed is that people, if you are in a, in a, a place of easing suffering for other people, right? I don't, that's all I need to know, right? And, and, and if you are, if, if, if you are somebody who is causing suffering for yourself, so for your progress, for your own protection and all that kind of stuff, that's all I need to know, right? And, and so that is demonstrated by actions not a skin color, not a sexual preference, not a gender, not in, not a place in this country, not a place in this world. It is by your choice of behavior. Amen. And people don't like being called on their behavior. 
and 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 you know there's there's a saying in business the those that will not that won't be measured don't want to be held accountable and and that is the worst employees to have if you don't want to be measured you don't want to be held accountable i'm sorry but in my organizations you're going to be held accountable and you're going to be able to 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 be a champion that makes more money than anybody in your position ever in the history of mankind because i've gamified it through math right through an algorithm and and if you want to win which every person that we come across they want to win in life they want to win with their spouse they want to win with their kids they want to win at work they want they're just there's this desire inside of us to to become our own version of our superhero right that that outperforms the person that we were yesterday and and we get caught up and we get lost in the fact that that it's our own behaviors our own decisions our our own levels of competency along the way that i'm going to be able to go so far and scott's going to be able to go so far and and neither one of like if scott can get 19 miles down and become a a, a multi bazillionaire good for scott right? Good for Scott. And if I can only become worth $100,000, but I end up paying off my house, then so be it, right? That we all find our lane. But what happens is that there's this insipid evil and, and, and manipulation that seeps in that because you don't challenge yourself to become the best you you can be, now it's somebody else's fault. And that is destructive. That's destructive to a family. That's destructive to a country. That's destructive to a culture. That's destructive in general. Because now it's the Russians' fault. Now it's the Chinese' fault. Now it's mm. the, oh, well, now it's their fault. They're taking our freedom, right? Um, then we need to kill them. And, well, it's okay that we kill them because that person is is somebody that, that has slanted eyes or dark skin or white skin. or that. This is what breeds that that uh that culture of otherism and we're all the same people uh and we need to learn how to lift other people up around us and if you're easing suffering for other people to get back to my original point then then i want you on my team if you're causing suffering for other people then you're in direct conflict with me Bam, bam, bam. I, just, I want to take a second here and just uh, highlight some uh, some people here uh, in the in the in the chat room. Glenda here. Pam, what's up? Pam says, "It is such a time for this." Thank you for being here. Kimberly says, "Truth." Um, yeah, we got. Uh, what's interesting is um, we got. I love this. Both Scott and Jason are right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just uh, so great. We appreciate you guys being here and sharing your comments and your questions with us. Uh, Kat Don says, "I am a warrior and I need." the healers and the nurturers. And I'm going to pretend I can do the things that healers can do. We all have our challenges, our callings. We just need to open our hearts and bring back the best versions of ourselves to one another. Bam. Yeah. Absolutely. Inner child work. I love that. That's one of the big things that we talk about here. Also, Jason is, is, is the, the healing that needs to happen within ourselves and that the outpouring of the anger and the resentment and the blame is, is generally speaking, uh, psychologically uh, held to our trauma from childhood you know, the, the age from zero to five, zero to seven, whichever you, you look at and the belief systems that are created and how we're, how we're treated much like you had you, your experience, you had my experience that I had. Um, you know, it's pretty crazy. And we got, uh, we got Matthew in the house, Matthew, what's up? He says, it's called rocks. I'm really enjoying the topic discussion and just, uh, the straight to truth. Matt's an awesome dude. Matt's an awesome dude. Um, he says metrics matter. And, uh, 
We have a new person, Vinu. I hope I pronounced that right. She says, stop comparing she, and stay in your lane. Yeah, she, 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 she deals with the inner child of people's actual children in their home. When you're go through divorces or you have challenge, you know, a kid that, that might be contemplating suicide and whatnot. She is the, she is the child whisperer, somebody that, that is one of the most beautiful, uh, competent women in her lane that I've ever seen in my entire life. So if you're having, if you have challenges with your kids and you want to give them the best leg up, you're going to want to get a hold of Venu. So anyway, Ooh. Definitely, definitely. No, I, I love that. I will, I will uh, definitely be connecting with her. Teresa's in the house. She says, you have to own your own destiny. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Jason, but my tagline, and I've gotten shit for this, um, even Forbes gave me shit for it, is my tagline is helping people overcome their self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And I get to, what do you mean self-created crap? I'm like, the shit you're putting in your mind is self-created. And I'm going to I'm gonna teach you how to unfuck yourself. <laughs> I said, that used to be my tagline way back when was, I teach you how to unfuck yourself, but then people really didn't like that. I should go I back to that. I love Forbes has been a friend of mine for, for uh, quite a few years. She's a spectacular human being as well. And all you have to do, she's one of the people that is all you got to do is just emulate, right? It's going to be hard for you to keep up with, with Forbes. Uh, it's better to say, okay, I'm going to watch her and, and emulate. Like if she sells something or does a seminar, or does some speaking or something, you should always go. Not necessarily because she's going to hand you the, 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 the playbook, but because she's going to show you what you could be, who you could be, what you could be and, and what you should be doing. Can I, could we, I mean, if, since we're talking about the unfiltered experience, can we, can we talk about something really quick that has been on my mind, um, lately? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to hit you about something else, but absolutely. Yeah, I want to. I, I, I don't want to take over the show, but I want. I want to ask both of you guys because this is the space that you kind of 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 play in. That the more like it's and it's the phrase mental health, right? This is, I and I don't know. I don't want to. Um, well, I'm just gonna. We're just gonna have a conversation. Look, I I've been diagnosed with PTSD. Uh, um, I got diagnosed by a doctor at one point in time, bipolar disorder, you know, all the stuff, the beatings that I took, the abuse, the, the torture that I went through as a kid, all, all of these things. Right. And, and the more that I went through the process uh, of the, with the professionals and they threw a pill at me and they threw this at me and they threw that at me, the worse I got. And, and it seemed until I figured out that, that our, brain function and and the the chemical imbalances right it, it has a formula and it's and you know i learned the first part of the formula from tony robbins which was physiology how we hold our body focus where what we're focusing on and language right what words are we using not only externally but internally and that sets the basis for our mental health those and all three of those happen to be a choice. We don't realize that. Like this is the great hidden secret that we don't realize that our language is a choice. And the more that I speak language like you guys do of gratitude and, and, and helpfulness and love and that, that, that creates its own, uh, uh, um, you know, chemical reaction in the brain. And the more you speak hate and the more you speak lack and I don't have, and, and I don't love, and I'm alone. And, and that creates a whole other chemical reaction in our life, which both of those can be defined as mental health. And in, and in that, 
you know, I took it a couple of steps further, which repetition intensity, you know, multiplied times the emotion of it. Now you're really actually controlling the programming that's going on in your brain. I figured this out for myself because I had to, right. It was a survival technique. Um, and when I figured that out now, now I'm walking around this world going, I, I created an, a, a completely different, uh, uh, experience for myself and my family by the choices that I made. And, and what I see when I hear people talking about mental health is I don't, I don't see in, in, in the industry or, or the community or whatever it is, I don't see us telling people that they got to make a better choice. I see us being told that if we only call them by the right pronoun or if we only, you know, treat them a certain way, now their mental health is going to be okay. And, and so I wanted to throw that out to you because I'm, I don't know, I don't have, I don't fall anywhere on this because it's just a recent thing that I want to kind of undertake that when we talk about mental health, are we doing more damage to people by saying that the world needs to adjust to them rather than us adjusting to the world? Powerful question. Um, I'll take a, I'll take a shot at that. So I think, I think you're, you're definitely onto something, Jason. And based on the fact that what I just said about helping people overcome their self-created crap. Yes, I do. I do believe it's a mindset. It's a, it's a conditioning belief system that we put into play based on our childhood. So we keep writing those scripts over again. And then we go out in the world and we find the validation. Our subconscious goes out there and says, Oh, see, I'm a piece of shit. See, I'm stupid. See, I fail at everything. And we go to look for those things. And then we do the whole thing about hope, wish, and pray. Like, I hope I can get this. And I hope I pray I can get this. But then those, those experiences keep coming back and and keep uh, reinforcing those belief patterns. So eventually, yeah, it does become mental health. And at the same time, I have seen people who have who said I have been diagnosed, but mm -hmm. I do not have. I do not own that. Um, and I've seen people that have used their their what people would call limitations as their gifts. So, for example, people who are autistic, the fact that they can bring out different gifts and what they do. Me, supposedly, you know, ADHD or ADD and all that other shit. It's like, you know, in some respects, it could be a mental health situation. But at the other time, it's actually a gift in what it is that I can do. So I, I sit there and I look at it from the aspect, of course, there are there are extenuating circumstances like yourself. I'm not a physical, I'm not a doctor that can, that can say this, but I can say there is a, a massive amount that we can do and take responsibility for on our own to be able to improve our mental health and our mental conditioning. But we are creating a, 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 an environment of victims and we're creating the, the snowflake syndromes and, oh, and that's, and, that, and all that coddling and shit, it just fucking blows my mind. It's like, you know what, if you feel like shit and you're doing that, are you exercising? Are you drinking water? Are you sleeping? You know, those little things that that's where I start going fucking crazy, Jason. I'm like, oh, I'm so depressed. And how much water do you drink today? Oh yeah, I don't drink water. Oh, what'd you drink? Soda. Okay. You know, your body's like fucking 80% water. You know, when you're dehydrated, you feel like shit, you act like shit. You want the short-term gratification. It's a choice. And it's not like you have to go to, you know, to pay some, you know, high powered psychologist. Cause I didn't, I was broke. I was homeless when I had to figure this out. Right. Cause it was a do or die, a death or die. And, and, um, you know, this word victim, right. To me, in the world that I work in, a victim is somebody who's had choice ripped out of their, out of their hands. End of mm. sentence. Okay. That's if you one. are a child who is imprisoned for, for, uh, in the sex trade, if you're a woman who's a prisoner in your own home and anybody that wants to say, well, they, they should just leave. 
don't you know come at me bro because i'll have that conversation all day they're prisoners they're prisoners they have had choice ripped out of their life um you know a child or even a family that's in you know uh, cameroon or or india that doesn't have access to a basic meal so they're so they're starving every four seconds during this show right is is somebody's dying not of hunger related issues, starvation. When we have enough food on the planet to feed everybody, it's distribution, control, and power, right? Which then causes food insecurity, which causes men to be able to, to enslave women as their wives and have the domestic violence thing, which then in turn makes a, the home environment uh, unstable for, for children that can be groomed on social media and stolen and turned into to the sex trade. You see, it's this loop of actual victimhood that's not being solved because everybody else is out using their God-given creativity and ability to change the world. In They're wasting that energy by putting check boxes together to where the world needs to, to change according to them because they're victims. You're not a victim. If you're watching the show and you have a roof over your head, you may have been victimized in your life, but you survived it so that you could become a warrior for those that are current victims. Right. Yeah. And, maybe. and that's the, uh, so, so anyway, I, I want to hear what Scott has to say on the, on the mental. And then uh, this, this word trigger, right. That, that I think is the stupidest word I've ever heard in my entire life. So Scott, I would love to hear what you have to say, brother. The so mental health thing. First of all, I would say that if somebody's going through a point where you just feel like you're mentally losing it, schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, whatever it is, that's real. And you've gotten to a space where because whatever's in your spirituality or whatever's happening, that's literally the end game. That's the shut down your human being because you've waited this long. No fault of your own. No one's blaming. But at that point, if you need something from a psychologist or a psychotherapist, you know, to anesthetize yourself in that moment, just know this and listen to what all three of us has said loud and clear. You can say, I am not schizophrenic. I am not bipolar. I'm not this. Doesn't mean that that goes away in the moment, but you can make a choice to become something different. I'm not saying that these are not real labels. I'm not like anyone listening. Don't sit here and rip me apart and say, what I'm saying is slow it down the moment. Don't take the highest level of whatever and start changing your choices. Everything they said about drinking water, do the research. Have people gotten, you know, into a better place with certain activities? Go do those things. Get out of that victim status. Chris and I in our coaching talk about something that's called player mode. And once you get to that point from victim status to player mode, now you realize you're living in this world that's a game. And the game is for you to bring your brilliance to this world to make it a better place. Once you can do that, that's the ultimate choice. So here's my take on this. I think... And, and to all your points that you were just saying, Jason, and they're on point is in our coaching, I actually do, we do programming. We do, you know, programming of neural pathway programming, changing those, you know, chemical reactions. We do meditations for all kinds of different things, for checking your inner critic, for changing your capacity to connect to source or listen to source. So this whole mental health thing is literally reprogramming your whole spirit. So your spirit comes alive in human form and the byproduct of that is healing of the body and healing of the mind. Listen, I'm not a doctor. I can't guarantee you that you'll be off all your meds, but I can say this. It's not only possible, it's extremely possible if you believe. And it starts with that choice. So 
I'm a big fan of this. Everything that you've been you know, told that you have in that moment is real in that moment, but you can change because at source, we're all perfect spirits and the body that we come in here might not be in perfect form in the moment, but we can take that spirit and we can do some self-healing that you just might not know is possible yet, yet, but dive into it. And I'll leave it at that. I could go on all day on this one. This is my wheelhouse. I love this shit, but that's a good start for people to realize you have the capacity to shift gears and do so much beyond your wildest dreams, but you also might need something in the moment to get through the moment. Listen, I'm losing my mind. Do I need a Xanax so I don't run through a window? Um, probably not a bad idea, but eventually that window is not going to seem like something I want to run through because I paid for it and I feel happy now. And I kind of like looking out it instead of running through it. So trust in yeah. time. You'll be all right. I love that. Well, thanks guys. I, I didn't mean to divert the attention, but it's some, I mean, you guys are both really great in that space and I'm, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about now. Right. And, um, and, and I want to, I think that it causes, you know, the thoughts, the generational, the, the, um, you know, the, the inception thoughts that we have and what we do with them and how they build on themselves are, are, are creating a lot of the, the reality that's happening around us. And I just think we've, we've lost track of a, a good disciplined approach to, um, taking inventory of our own behaviors and how they are impacting our outcomes um, before we start blaming anybody else or skin color, or gender, or sexuality, or, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So anyway. Amen. Amen. No, and don't, not, Thanks, I mean, that's why we, that's why we Keep call this up. the unfiltered experiences to have these conversations and, and to, to bring those subjects to light. I mean, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, feedback here in the chat. So, you know, obviously we're talking about something that's resonating with a lot of people. I want to go back, uh, let's see, I think Marlene said, um, triggers or bells going off so you can look at them. Uh, are you, are you, are you willing to own your own pain and will you handle it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see, Pamela says here, um, I was diagnosed with PTSD in 06 when I finally filed for divorce. That could have been my excuse to go on disability and collect a check. It definitely would have been a lot easier, but I chose to fight for my life and it was a long, hard fight, but it's worth it to get where I'm at now. Bam. Unstoppable, love, baby. Love that. Un love that. Unstoppable. Cindy says, how do you deal with the young people who are hashtags? How do you deal with the young people who are fill in the blank? What do you guys think? Um, obviously the young people victims. are, I mean, she was yeah. saying victims. I oh, feel here we like. go. Here we go. How do we deal with the young people in virtual school suffering from depression and not being around their school friends? Uh, I'm not fire. Every politician fire, every politician that's allowed it to happen. Democrat, Republican, replace them all. Hashtag. You want to hashtag hashtag replace them all. Mm -hmm. You know, let, let's get some, some, uh, uh, civic leaders, leadership back in this country instead of, the, the permanent oligarchy that we've allowed to met metastasize like a cancer in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing, again, the, the opportunity and the problem is whatever we've just seen right now, if we can forecast this could happen again, we can have a plan in place. Virtual could work, you know, like it's working in my, my very privileged home. It's not working in other places in the city, but we can have, you know, ways to make that work. But ultimately, what's the end game? Are we educating these kids for critical thinkers or for slaves? So that's where we got to head to is that critical thinking space. Yep. And here's, here's the answer right now. Uh, you pronounced it V new. 
want to make sure yes. I pronounce it. Yeah. So she says, find out what they need. And that's what Cindy's coming back to is saying, until then, uh, how do we work with them? Listen, you know, find out what we could do to help support them. I mean, that's that's a that's an important issue. What do you what do you think about that, um, Jason? Well, you know, having had to work with a lot of um, you know, the newer generation in business, right? Uh, you know, people, one of the things that I learned, and there's a couple of good books out there. I don't have them off the top of my head, but maybe I can throw them in the comments later. Yeah. Uh, but dealing with the younger, uh, world, I, I see so much hope. I see so much potential. I, and you know, and it, it, it drives us crazy because, you know, they ask so many questions and, you know, the gen X and, and, uh, and, and, uh, baby boomers where we're more used to bell goes off we sit down we stand up we go to here we do the we're more used to being sheep than the than the younger generation the younger generation has seen the power of a question that ultimately turns into a hundred billion dollar company right and that question is how can i shorten the process how can i make it easier how can i uh, uh, um, you know, how can I change the environment? How can I, how could I do this in there? You know, where we think we take it as these kids are all like pushing back. Well, dad, why do I have to push, you know, make, move this box from here to over here? Because I told you so, damn it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and because that's how we were taught, taught. Mm -hmm. and, and now instead of stepping back and going, this new generation is asking way better questions than our generation, way better, way better questions. And it's in those questions when we, it, it's, there's a, there's a, a bump up against our egos where age is supposed to come with wisdom, which means that we're supposed to be sought out for the answer. And when they ask us a question like, why should I move the box from here to here? And, and, and our answer is just because I'm telling you so that they don't accept that. They're like, well, if I, if I move that box one time and it had, you know, a string attached to it. And all I had to do was pull on it 14 times. And now I've stacked 72 boxes. Why wouldn't I do that? Great question, right? <laughs> Jason, I ask one question of all my students. And I think you'll appreciate it. The first day of class, I say, who's the stupidest person in this room? And they all start looking around, like looking at the kid in the sweatpants, the kid with a headset, the kid was definitely high. And I go, it's me. And I go, it's me by default, because all the programming I have as a 50 year old, you guys are 18, which means as I teach you, you're coming up with great questions. You're the smartest person in the world. So challenge the hell out of me. Because if I'm wrong, guess what? I learned something today. I got smart, smarter because of you. And they fall in love with that and they engage because now they're empowered and know they're smart. And I don't think enough teachers are doing that. I think they're I playing that old school. I know, shut your mouth, want to challenge me. And they're only asking questions they know the answer to. I ask questions. I'm like, hey, listen, I don't know what the hell I would do in this situation. What would you guys do? So we figure it out together. And I watch these kids grow exponentially quickly. And I wish there were more people adopting this methodology of teaching because these kids grow, they get excited and they look at learning in a different way and they get off of autopilot. That's where we're failing is keeping them on autopilot on that do what you're told mentality. And it's, it's over. We're done with that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that you know, when it comes to, to ideas of racism, when it comes to uh, ideas of equality, um, when it comes to ideals of just being better humans, this, these younger people got it dialed, man. Like it, it's, mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I see racism, you know, I've, I've, I've always, I've, I've thought that it's been on, on 
life support kept alive by uh, race baiting hucksters that make money from it for a long time, you know, but I think it's completely dead in this new generation. And I, they're going to have to learn a new way of trying to control people or these kids are going to overrun, uh, um, you know, the, the older generation. And I think we're all going to benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. Hell I'm yeah. looking forward to being overrun. I want that. Yeah. Well, mastery, yeah. but, but, and there's also the thing, right. Which is the book, my, one of my favorite books that I read at least three times a year is called mastery, um, by Robert green. Uh -huh. And it, it's a great book. And, and, and in that it, you realize that there is a, an underling study, an understudy position that no matter what, like if I wanted to learn about kids, I've, I've done really well in business and I've done, you know, great in philanthropy and, and made money and done, done a lot of really great things. But if I was to step in and say, you know what, I've fallen in love with helping kids and, and families, I'm going to be an understudy to Venu, you know, like that. She's going to be my teacher. Now, what happens is over a period of time, it teaches you in mastery that you surpass that master with your own unique thing. And then you start mentoring people behind you, right? That's the, the swing of things. And unfortunately the master, uh, um, and underling relationship eventually switches and there's a lot of pain and, and anger and stuff in that transition, which is what happens when our kids become smarter than us, right? There it's a, it's a thing that we have to deal with. Um, you know, and so I, I think that, that that book is really critical and we have to find a place for the wisdom of the elderly to enhance the innovation of our youth. Ooh, we should actually, we, you know what we should do? What we should do, guys, is obviously we're on fire. We got people that are commenting left, right, and center. We could actually come back and do a whole entire show about that, about I the agree. education, about the education system, about kids and about what we could be doing for them. Hell yeah. Would you come back to uh, the unfiltered experience, Jason? A anytime, brother. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys out here in, in viewer land on a Friday night, you guys are awesome. Pam says here, my son has been one of my best teachers. I, I know you I know you love your son. Caleb is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, my son's four years old and he's one of my best teachers also. I want to teach him a few things though. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a dick. Not, I'm not going to be dad of the year today. No, Thank no. You, Lynn. What's up, Lynn? Lynn is amazing. She's such a beautiful person. Um, she says we need to guide and not dictate to them. I fucking love that. I absolutely love that. I still, I still remember back to Columbine and my, my poor friend, Marilyn Manson is not doing too well in the news right now, but, uh, Marilyn Manson in the, in the bowling for Columbine documentary, you know, all the people were sitting there saying, Oh, I'd tell these kids, I'd tell these kids. And, and they said, you know, so what would you, what would you tell these kids? And he's like, I would listen to them. And it was like, boom, mic drop. Hell yes. We got to listen to them. Um, yeah. Pamela you says, Vinu, if they're going to do that, that, that conversation, Vinu would be a great person to, to absolutely. Panel. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, we, 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 right on. We'll bring her in here. Does she accept? Nice. Thank you. Hell yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we've been going for an hour and 14 minutes. We Sometimes we've gone as long as three hours, but uh, we try not to do that as much. But Jason, man, uh, what a powerhouse for coming on the Unfiltered Experience and sharing your raw and very you know strong opinions about things that really are, I think, you know, essential for most, most people in the world today. I really believe, and I go back to Pareto's principle, I really think that the, and I don't watch the news, I don't follow politics, any of that shit just fucking drives me crazy. Um, I used to be a news junkie, I used to be a political junkie, and just, it, no, I just like, okay, what can I do to be a solution today? How can I help make the world a better place today? That's where I focus on. Um, 
But, you know, thinking about the fact that, you know, the 80, 20 rule and different, depending on how you look at it, I personally look at it. It's, it's, you know, I think 80% of the people in the world are magnificent. And I think there's that 20% out there that are trying to fuck it up for the rest of us and seeing what's happening on clubhouse, seeing what was happening in the marches last year for black lives matter and everything that was going on. Uh, and seeing the, seeing the, um, uh, the diversity in the crowds and then also seeing the world standing up and saying hey no this is bullshit we're not going to do this anymore but to your point jason and thinking about what Vinu was saying and what we were we're very passionate about here with kids is that i foresee down in the, the history books that my son is going to be in high school one day he's like dude or dad he's not gonna call me dude he's gonna be dad oh my god in the history books they're talking about 2020 and 2021 and 2022 where all you fucking old people got your shit together and started listening to the young kids and you guys changed the history books and now look what's happening and look what's going on and look what's been eliminated and look what's been eradicated and so i look at that vision like he's gonna come home one day and he's gonna say you guys were the generation or we were the generation that really flipped the switch on everything and finally had enough so thank you brother for being here where can people get a hold of you and, and learn more about jason cisneros um, you know, jasoncisneros.com is probably the easiest place. And then that filters off, you know, whatever you're interested in. I've got uh, a podcast called the bald Avenger show. Um, we've done a couple hundred, uh, episodes of, um, and we've got the slave free project, which has a new dawn and, you know, the domestic violence stuff and the, uh, certministries.com is the, the, uh, rescue unit that I run with. S-E-R-T ministries.com, um, eat a billion, uh, started by Ambu's Jane and Tony Robbins, um, that I'm the CEO of that. So it'll take you all those different places. Now, if you're somebody in business that, that wants to really turn your company around and, and make more money, um, you've got to be doing it, not for another car or another house or whatever you got to be doing for the, our motto at Anton J. That's my, my consulting company. We're one of the top 10 in the country. Um, is to help good people make more money, get more time so they can do more good. And so it, there's lots of consulting companies out there that are um, interested in, you know, just helping you make a ton more money. Uh, we want you to make a lot more money, but so that you're doing something for the world, right? Um, and it's kind of, that's how we filter through people who are going to help and who are not. So thank you for asking though. That's a, that's a, you go to jasoncisneros.com, you'll figure out whether you uh, whether there's something for you or a group of people that hangs around. Misfit Nation here on Facebook uh, is the collection of all the weirdos, including me, that um, you know are are have screwed up in life, and we're doing our best to spend the rest of our life easing suffering for other people. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, brother. We appreciate that. Angel, our angel says, great show. Christopher, Ash, Scott, Goyette, and Jason, have a great evening and great weekend. Uh, Cindy says, we'll go back to the earlier discussion on replay. Thanks for these uh, thought prolonged discussions, these thought provoking discussions. What's up? Um, yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Jason, for being here on the, on the unfiltered experience. And thank you for doing everything that you're doing in the world to make it a better place and being authentic and congruent and passionate about it and being bold. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, Vinua says, uh, amazing. Thank you guys. So we'll be getting in touch with you to make this happen. Um, so Jason, we're just going to stick you backstage for a second. We're going to wrap up but don't go anywhere. And, uh, we will, uh, we will see you guys. Thank you, Jason, for being on here. Scott, Scotty, 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 what's going on? Holy shit, man. We got, uh, we got some, we got some fire on that conversation. What do you think? I like it. Um, I already have a, a thought and I think there's something we're going to do. Um, anybody who's on here who, or who knows somebody 
who will bring a new perspective to that panel. Because Jason had mentioned earlier, you know, we should do some kind of a panel because we were talking about the panels and the groups are saying subscribe to our coaching. Here's 20 great coaches, buy our stuff. Let's do the opposite. Let's bring somebody to this space virtually. Let's call it I am, I do, I want. And each person on the panel tells who they are, the depth of who they are. The do is the choices. What choices are you making and what do you want to see to make it a better world? And we have a big discussion with that group. So we have people from the black community saying, all I want is this. Why can't you do it? We have somebody, you know, like Jason, who's coming from, you know, more of a libertarian um, centrist, maybe slightly the right leaning perspective. And we bring us all together, have us speak that. And and I noticed that Jason's a listener um, while he's still somebody who speaks his mind. And I think if we get those kind of people who are listening but speak their mind, we can do something beautiful. So. I took away instantly something that we can do right away to make the world a better place. So that's my finish. That's the two cents I've got to add. Loved it. Thank Jason so much. It's incredible. Chris, you were great tonight. Perfect. Bam. Show. Bam. Mic drop. Mic drop. See? Mic drop. <laughs> I got to work on the bicep a little bit, but yeah. I got I to gotta do it too, dude. I've been sitting around and with no electricity, like not getting my weights. It's hurting me. I know Pamela Aubrey, Pamela's uh, dear friend. That would be amazing. Yeah, Pam in on it. Do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. We got seats. We got seats. We got conversations. You know, the more we promote it, them. You know, and that's exactly what you know. A lot of us have been talking about is how can we take that microcosm of what's happening in Clubhouse and extend that out so yeah. we can do it with with conversations here on our show and hopefully other people will have those conversations as well. Yeah, I just love it. I love I love the frankness. Um, I love the boldness. But yet, I also like the fact that there's not. It's not you know, that is wrong or that is wrong. It's like, you know, the responsibility is on us to, yeah. to, to correct the course of action that we've created for ourselves and unfuck ourselves for our kids and, and to make the world a better place. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about that discussion, that dialogue. And that's the people that we're seeing on Clubhouse. And there's so many people out there. I just hope that uh, the new people that are going on aren't getting a glimpse of the, the shady shitty shit that's going on down there. But uh, you know, that's why we're here as ambassadors to make sure that uh, the good word gets out here. So yes, brother, thank you for being uh, for being your awesome self and asking some great questions tonight. My brain was a little bit on hamster wheel and just kind of like going and thinking about so many different aspects, but uh, I love the questions that you raised tonight and bringing that conversation to light so that uh, all these beautiful people here in our chat, I mean, we had so many people. I mean, I would just wanna go back and thank you guys all individually, Kat, Don, so great to, to have you here with us. Uh, yes, actually, Glenda, mental health is a fucked up system. Absolutely. All you beautiful people, Tom Yost, Lynn Serrano, Pamela Aubrey, Andrea Malati. Uh, Malati. Hey, what's up? She says, so true, Scott. Lynn Serrano, Marlene Sanchez, um, Cindy. All you guys are beautiful. You guys are Thank our so unfiltered much. crew. Um, so Jason's got the Misfit Nation. We've got the unfiltered crew. Um, so absolutely, we just combine this and we just make it uh, a super kick-ass show and just uh, and promote the shit out of it. So And make uh, sure you like us on our Facebook page and well, then we'll drop you in the group too because we're always sharing stuff. And if we do this event, not if, we're going to do it because once we say it, we end up doing it. Um, so everything that we do is going to be in there so you guys can be a part of it. And it's very important for us to get all of your input because you guys are the reason we're here. Love you. Absolutely. So just go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com. That takes you right to our Facebook group. Um, so we'd love to have you guys there. Uh, so anyways, whoops, I don't know what the hell that is about. So anyway, Scott, uh, I hope you and your family uh, stay warm, stay safe uh, this weekend and your your uh, your in-laws and your parents are all safe and healthy and warm and that, um, that you guys continue to thaw out. And um, yeah, just thank you for being you. And uh, any big plans for the weekend aside from thawing out? 
I'm just going to go check our other house and make sure the pipes didn't burst there. And once water comes back, we're going to check here. And I'm just going to say prayers and meditate and help people who need my help. And yeah, so this is my fun time. As soon as I get out of here, I'm going back to the phone and seeing who needs assistance with what. So I'm going back to real life. So real thank you for life. getting me away from real life for a minute. Appreciate that. No, you look good. You look great. It's it's good. We didn't hardly catch up this week, so it's been crazy. So anyways, uh, we just want to leave you with this, guys. Jump into it. Jump into your potential. You have the opportunity. You guys heard it tonight. Choices. You have choices. You have choices whether to remain a victim or to become a victor. You have a choice to listen to the conditioning and the negative belief systems that were inputted into your brain by people who didn't know any better from your childhood. And you could choose to, to rewire that. Jason did it. I've done it. Scott, I know you've done it. We can do it. There's, I mean, there's so much free information out there on YouTube, on Google. There's so many different opportunities on Facebook groups. There's no reason why you guys can't be a part of your solution and, and heal the inside shit that's going on with yourself so that you're not constantly going, eh, nah, it's your fault. It's your fault. What are you going to do to save me? You know, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure the fuck out and uh, help another person out. That's the most important part of the message is that once you get stronger, like we have, what do we do? We take our trash and we make it our treasure. We go back out and say, Hey, what can I do to lift you up? That's what's making this world a beautiful place. We got love you guys. You guys are our unfiltered crew. Peace out. We'll see you next week. We got Daniel Bruce Levin next week. So we're going to have an amazing conversation as well. Um, so we love you. Stay safe and uh, stay kick